What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Plus Added Time here on Project Dits. As always, my name is Nathan, and the merriest man in all of human history is, of course, my co Mr. Dara Gibbons. Hi, Dara. Hello. I, th- I think you've got the nickname wrong, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Aren't you the Oracle? The Oracle. I'll take that. That sounds much better. <laughs> How was your Christmas? Pretty good, yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Family around, you know, just loving it. Did you just drink loads of Guinness? I can imagine that's all you guys do. If, you know, we're Irish, so what we do is, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, well, Dara, let's get straight into it, because I know you're going to have some things ready. You had a lot of time over the Christmas period just to ponder. <laughs> uh, you know, I got to let go from work, you know, <laughs> lockdown's come back. So I've had a bit of free times on my hands. Um, we'll, I'll, I guess I'll start off with last week's trivia question. Um, I know there's people just scratching their heads, uh, except for you, Nathan. I'm pretty sure you got it uh, almost instantly, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I can't remember what it is, to be honest. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> At the time of recording, I think it's been about two weeks since you read it out. So, <laughs> so please, I don't even remember what it is. I will, I'll rejog your memory. Oh, no, I remember. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, the only player in, Premier, in the Premier League era to appear in the Manchester Derby, the Merseyside Derby, the North London Derby, the Tyne Weir Derby, the Weir Tyne Derby, and the West London Derby. And the answer is, Nathan? Louis Saha. Louis Saha, yes, yes, yes. I never knew he played for Newcastle. No, I feel like we, yeah, we discussed this off mic uh, because remarkably I did know the answer fairly quickly. But uh, he, he was only on loan there, was it in the late 90s? Mm. Very late night. I feel like 98, 99 season or something like that. I think it was. No recollection. I've, I can't even imagine him in a Newcastle jersey. It's a very weird one. But sure. obviously, maybe not the hardest of trivia questions when you think about it. No, I think, I think the big clue obviously everyone knows he played for Fulham, he played for United, and he played for Everton. I feel like those are, without being disrespectful to his other spells at the other clubs, those are kind of the three you would probably associate with Louis Saha. Yeah, especially, especially, I always think of Man United and Fulham straight away, isn't it? Was he was he good for you, was he? I seem to remember him being fairly useful, yeah. And yeah. I think he's, he became a bit of like a cult hero. From my recollection, and I, uh, no disrespect to Sahar, I don't remember his spell at United tremendously well. Ooh. I don't think I could pick out a Louis Sahar moment. <laughs> but, um, it's a good point. Neither can I. <laughs> I yeah, if you can't, then he might as well have not been there. But <laughs> well, I didn't say that. That's you. That's all of you. I you feel can. like he was mostly a bench player. Yeah, because Rude Van Nistelrooy was still there. Yes. So he obviously wasn't starting at striker because uh, Wayne Rooney was obviously yeah. uh, still there. You would have had Giggs still there, uh, Ronaldo, uh, and then going into Nani, and I don't even know if Saha was still there when we signed Nani. <laughs> It was a good team. It was a good team. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'll take yeah. him now. <laughs> Over Adi Nagalo, yeah? Oh, Adi Nagalo. He's, he's going to be gone at the end of January. I'm going to miss him. Oh. That goal against uh, Lask. The big, the big uh, chest down volley. Oh, my favourite team. I think they're my second team, actually. Did you know that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Again, loads of free times in my hand. I thought... I'd introduce a new segment because, you know, fun, isn't it? Christmas it is spirit. Um, 
it's completely unique. I'm sure you've never heard anything like it before. It's called um, Sock Busters. Um, very original, as you can imagine. Um, basically, what's going to happen, Nathan and the listeners, I'm going to give you three cryptic clues, and I'm going to give you the initials. And the answer for all three is going to be a player. And this week, Nathan, you'll be glad to hear, Liverpool edition. Ooh. Oh, oh, goody, 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 goody gumdrops. So, <laughs> so um, I'm thinking I'll read them out now and I think I'll just give you the answers at the end of the show. We don't want to be, you know, a really long intro um, like always when I do my trivia questions. So we'll go with the first one. So the cryptic clue is that Beal fella off EastEnders sure is fast. Initials. I or <laughs> have you got say it? what? <laughs> <laughs> that again, I'll give you the clue again. So it's a it's a, it's a player who has at some point or another played for Liverpool. Okay. The cryptic clue is that Beal fella off of EastEnders sure is fast. Initials I or. I or um, I or I yes. or I or okay um, if you're not getting that one I, I don't reckon you'll get the other two um, the second one is uh, <laughs> the second one is nick the end of that woman's foot I'm not a fan of that initials or F <laughs> so weird I'll be impressed if you get that one. Remember, cryptic. So, you know what Good cryptic God. is. Yeah, I know. And, and <laughs> the third one, um, that Cole fella who was an attacking midfielder for Chelsea in the mid to late 2000s, this Sunday, he must be at church. Initials <laughs> JG. Uh, if you're still listening, this is a plus out of time. <laughs> um, so I will give them out at the end of the show. I'm sure you're all anticipating it already. I'm sure everyone absolutely, absolutely loves that. So, Dara, you, just, I'm always glad you've got so much time on your hands. <laughs> oh, oh, what a show we've got prepared. Let, let's... We are recording this on New Year's Eve because neither of us are friends. And uh, I was, but a lot of football has happened since uh, since last yeah. time. So let's do let's do some football talk. Let's let's do it. Uh, Sheffield United are taking the crown as the the, the fodder <laughs> for this season. It's a bit unfortunate. It's before we go into the obvious Liverpool and United talk, but yeah. I think you just want to talk about Sheffield United who. We were unlucky against us not long ago. That's Man United. Yeah. Uh, and I thought they played really well and they were going to push on and start to get some points on the board. It's just not happening. And I feel like you can kind of give some more insight onto into someone who they paid a lot of money for from Liverpool. Lit up the championship a little bit last season at Swansea. That's obviously yeah. Ryan, uh, Ryan Brewster. Ryan Brewster, yeah. <sighs> it's... At the time, I thought, you know, Sheffield United had a very good season last season. Um, and, you know, they're adding a £20 million striker, which now seems ridiculous, in Rian Brewster, who, like, I, I think he's a good 
I think he's a good player. He played. He had a very good preseason for us actually before we sold him. Um, I, I know no team apparently had a preseason, but we did, which was weird. <laughs> Especially with Klopp complaining all the time. Um, but they um, they're not doing very well, Nathan. Are they? They actually with the last game, they tied the record for the longest winless run at the start for Premier League season. Yeah, it's just it's kind of just running out of things to say a little bit because they're not a million miles away from safety. It's not like they're kind of on the brink of when you you use the football cliche to bring football cliches back of um, cut adrift at the bottom. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, it's a strong one, but they're still kind of halfway in touching distance. If yeah, they I... get a half decent run to go because there's not a lot of points on the board. In terms of, I don't know, I feel like we'd have to compare it to seasons where there hasn't been as much disruption, but it feels like no one has as many points as you thought they would. Yeah, you know, even it's, I think that's true throughout the table from first down to last. I still think, I still think they're a good team. And based on that performance against United and obviously against Liverpool, they were, you know, I think their goal was a bit fortunate, but. They were unlucky not to hold on in the end. I thought they were pretty good defensively. And against United, I seem to remember they pushed Chief for quite a while as well. Yeah, they played really well. And I think it was uh, McGoldrick who got two uh, for the Irish legends. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, we 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 got pushed and our quality shone for, uh, shone for a little bit uh, towards the end of the match when they started to get a little bit tired. But there was a time there where you just thought it was going to be like last season's game against Sheffield United where they very quickly went two up and then... All of a sudden, like we came back into it. I think we scored three in about eight minutes in that game or something like that. And then yeah. they got a last minute equaliser. Yes, but yes, yes. Mason Greenwood seems to ring a bell. I think he got one or two of them. But, <laughs> but again, we say, I, I don't think they're like, I mean, they're currently on track to have the worst season in Premier League history by quite some distance. Um, but if you actually look at the stats I heard last night, they've lost something like 12 of their games by only one goal. So they're not just getting like, you know, whipped every week. But, you know, they're not doing very good, are they? They need to score more goals, essentially. That's what they need. They really, really do. That's where they're struggling. And when we when we look at it like this, they've conceded 27 goals at the minute, which <sighs> uh, isn't a massive amount. Like, it's less than, it's less than Leeds, who are up in 11th. It's like less than Crystal well. Palace, yeah. Uh, you've conceded 20, we've conceded 23, so they've only conceded four more goals than United, who are in second at the minute, but they've only scored eight. Yeah, and when you're signing strikers for 20 million, I mean, then again, Newcastle signed Joe Linton, who, <laughs> I, yeah, I still refuse to believe that Mike Ashley paid 40 million for him, do you know what I mean? <laughs> it seems like something he'd do. An eight in 16 at a minute, so they're scoring a goal every other game. And that's just not good enough. That's absolutely no. not good enough. Like Burnley, to their credit, you, you go up to 16th place with Burnley, who today, at time of recording, their takeover by the American ALK Investors Group went through. Oh. So they're now, they've got, got a new new owner. Sean Dyche had somehow already not got that side in the relegation zone. <laughs> How, when he's only scored, when they've only scored nine goals. Yeah. But they've only conceded 20 which is the same as top the table. Repeat it with me, Nathan. Liverpool. <laughs> for now. For still now. up there. Still up there. <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's not. And I think Brewster, 
he like he's a good player, but it does have the stench of when you sold Dominic Solanke to Bournemouth for like twenty five million or something. Do you know what I love? It, we sold was it Sol- Solanke and Ibe covered the cost for Mohamed Salah. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Just think about that. When you look at it like that, it's crazy. Somehow, uh, sometimes you just know how to work the market. But... And Michael Edwards certainly knows how to work that laptop. <laughs> you were saying, Nathan, moving on. <laughs> yeah, moving on from Sheffield United. I mean, there's only a couple of people at uh, sides before we get to Liverpool and United talk <laughs> that I really wanted to touch on. Uh, and I'm going to do the next two back-to-back since they're next to each other in the table. Starting off with Arsenal. Uh, they've won their last two games. They beat Chelsea, who are who we will get to because my goodness, they are a mess. <laughs> and they beat Brighton, scraped past Brighton, but it was still a better performance. Now they got Martinelli and Saka back on the wings. Ubamiang still not scoring, <clears throat> but it, yeah. is there a little bit? a little bit to be kind of positive about for the Gunners suddenly? Yeah, well, if you look at the table, I think they're only like six points off of like the top six, seven, something like that, which is mental. Again, when you think about when we last recorded, Nathan, like people were tipping Arsenal for relegation. It was very weird. It was a very weird time to be alive. It is such a weird season because it's funny to say that they're only six points behind Manchester City. But then Manchester City have played two less games. Uh, they're nine points off top f- of the top four, but Everton and fourth have played a game less. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? That's still not like unamountable. Do you know what I mean? That's like, it's, you, that's you, how you weird this season has been. Everyone's yeah, been games. beating everyone. Perfect. And it's just. <laughs> It's all over the place, but things are suddenly looking good. Ubamiang does seem to be slightly the problem child yeah. at the minute in my eyes. I think El Nene and Jacker, there's nothing you can do about those two. They are just going to be terrible forever. But yeah, I mean, Aubameyang was just out to sign Deteng as it was peeing, yeah. you know, labels. And he signed Deteng. And has he scored from open play? <laughs> the Southampton goal was his first from open play. Right. Since. But we're going back. Well, up to the start of December for that, and he's not scored since. But Lacazette has come up with a couple of goals. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They're kind of... I mean, I know they're not old, are they? But they're they're ageing, aren't they? And you need to cash in on one of them. That's the way I look at it. I think they're going to have to. I don't think they're going to get the money they would want through Bamiyang now not. because of his age. Nothing against his quality. But Lacazette, I don't think they're going to get a whole lot for Lacazette either just because he hasn't he doesn't score enough but yeah I mean there's positive signs there if we look at what matches they've got coming up next uh they're away at West Brom uh which you know all about oh, away at West Brom is very different to at yeah. home can I <laughs> can I remind you <laughs> and then they've got two winnable home games against Crystal Palace in Newcastle so all of a sudden we could be seeing Arsenal maybe back up on the right end of the table for where they should be it, yeah it i just honestly i've run out of just predictions at this point because it's just it's just it's it's a cliche i know but it's just a mental season isn't it where it's, anyone can beat anyone it's slightly baffling and uh i'm gonna move on from arsenal uh we're gonna skip over wolves who i work was gonna bring up but i think i'll bring that up when mm-hmm. we talk united in a bit so let's talk chelsea Ooh. 
Initial thoughts? <laughs> That's a very expensive pile of crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good, is it? They've been very bad form lately, haven't they? They've they finally looked like they had the keeper situation sorted with Mendy. Didn't he go something like three hundred games without conceding a goal or something? <laughs> and they've just been losing it every week, it seems. They have. I'm going to run you through their latest uh, uh, league results. I'm not going to include the draw in the Europa League with Krasnodar. I think Chelsea played their under sevens in that match. Uh, They lost to Everton. Uh, They lost to Wolves, conceding in about the 95th minute or something. They beat West Ham, lost to Arsenal, drew with Aston Villa. Uh, Credit to Chelsea. Villa only conceded one goal in December, and it was that one against Chelsea. Wow. So, yeah, they don't get extra points for that, but <laughs> there we are. One win in five for Frank, and that side cost... I, I know a lot of it was offset with the Eden Hazard money, mm. but if we just look... I don't want to go AFTV on you by talking about net spend, <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to go gross. Was it 200 and something million quid spent in the summer? It's, it's mental, isn't it? And you see people trying to like justify it with, oh yeah, but that was the money for two transfer windows. No, it wasn't, because you spent something like, was it 40 million on Kovacic during a transfer ban? Yeah, there was a loophole there because they had him on loan, so they yeah. signed him before his loan ended or something like that. But that's, they also they signed Pulisic before, yeah. in the January before their transfer ban. So I know that I'd actually want to twist that argument around where people saying oh that was the money for two transfer windows blah 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 well why have you upset a side that was very young last season but also very good yeah Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount looked like I don't want to say the next Lampard and Drogba but they were they looked like two very good footballers yeah Mason Mount has kind of kept his place inside by being one of the best players there but we were talking uh, via chat, Jay, and kind of a Chelsea match the other day. I can't remember which one. Just about some of the substitutions. Right. They're so strange in the sense that I can't... The match before the last one, so I just went out, the Arsenal game, and they were 2-0 down. They, nothing was going right for them. And Olivier Giroud just sat on the bench the entire time. Which he didn't is weird. bring on a striker. Yeah, like, I know. Because... Werner is a striker, blah, blah, blah. But he, he's played as a winger. Yeah, and Giroud's probably been the most informed striker they've had lately, especially, hasn't he? Without a doubt. And he, yeah. showed it, he showed it in the Villa game where he was the one that got Chelsea's goal. And then he gets bought off. Yeah, and even you know, conceding three to Arsenal, I think that's the first time since early October they've scored more than one in a game. It was something like that, and it seemed to spark yeah. something in Arsenal and Chelsea have just dropped and dropped and dropped. And yeah, they're, they're, Giroud scored in the 34th minute, uh, then Villa equalised, and 20 minutes left, Giroud came off for Timo Werner, and Havertz came on. Ooh. And Werner and Havertz are just having an absolute nightmare. Mm. Do you remember about, like, probably around the time we started this, probably like three months ago, Frank Lampard has been talked up as, you know, playing this amazing football, you know, the next big thing, whatever. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was, you know, what's he doing? What's he playing at? Ole out. Completely switched, turned it on its head. 
it has and part of that's to do with i think although ollie has made perhaps some managerial mistakes and uh though the team went through a kind of a rough pack particularly in the champions league there's still been a level of consistency there that chelsea didn't have last season and have never really had this season yeah i mean well we won't get on to united yet but yeah chelsea i don't know frank needs to sort it out doesn't he do you reckon if he and if he doesn't finish in the top four that should be that's like the bare minimum that you know they would have expected out of him to start the season i think and i think he has to go if he fails to finish inside the top four he would have to because he did it last season although somehow he ended up coming fourth <laughs> when he looked <laughs> like he was going to be coming third <laughs> well leicester just didn't want it brendan Rodgers was not did not, <laughs> did not, did want, not it. want it no. and we they have to finish in the top four. I think that's minimum. I think if he yeah. also, I don't think, I think points total is irrelevant this season because of how incredibly strange it is. Yeah. Um, he's just got to finish there. But has he also got to win a trophy? Because he made a final last season as well and lost it to Arsenal again. In, talk about the FA Cup there. Yeah. But well, he got spanked in the Champions League uh, by a very, very good Bayern Munich side. I would say that despite all the transfers Chelsea have made, Bayern would probably do equal, if not worse, to them now. Yeah. I mean, when he first came in, he was taking over Chelsea without Eden Hazard and going through this supposed transfer ban. So I think to get fourth in his first season was very good. But now, you know, it's his own team. He's made a lot of major signings and they're just not, they just don't seem to be working at the minute. And if Maurizio Sarri was sacked for finishing third and winning the Europa League, you know, what does that say? I think Frank will get at least a season just because of who he is at the club. I don't think Abramovich, I think he's put him, Abramovich has put himself in a bit of a corner there with his reputation of just sacking people when it seems to not be working. And he can't do that with Frank because I think the fans would be upset even though they're not playing well. I know, but, but after, you know, this is Roman Abramovich who sacked a Champions League winning manager after like four or five months yeah and without even really giving him any money in the summer either no so so i mean it, it can happen and i think if it looks like chelsea are gonna i think if it looks like chelsea are slipping away from top four and they get dicked in the champions league <laughs> i can't remember who they're playing at the minute it's escaped my uh, atletico madrid which i mean it, Atletico Madrid, who have still, and I'm pretty sure we said this last podcast, only conceded five goals in the Liga. They've Mentally. still only conceded five goals. <laughs> and there's, aren't they like top with two games in hand? Something ridiculous like that as well. I think they're 10 points above Barcelona. Barcelona, who are in sixth at the minute. Um, <sighs> and they've played two less games than Barcelona. That is mental. See, they, so... let, um, they let Diego Costa go. Yeah, on a free, but Suarez is just banging him in for them in a minute. So yeah. I've had to come and do it. I've just managed to get it up. They are 10 points above Barcelona. Barcelona are in sixth. They do have a game in hand on Barcelona. They've got two games in hand on Real Madrid, and they're two points clear of Real Madrid. And they've got three, three games on Real Sociedad, who are in third. Real Sociedad, who are playing as we are recording this and winning 1-0. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 27 goals scored, five conceded. Not bad, is it? Like, they're a good team. <laughs> what can I say? Knocked us out of Europe last season. 
Yeah, so there, there yeah. you go. But, but Chelsea, I, I, he needs to find a balance. And I think, unfortunately, at the minute, that balance is Werner and Havertz don't deserve their spot. Yeah. I think Alan Shearer wrote a really good piece on Werner the other day about the chances he's missing and how he's getting into good positions, but it, it's either a technique or a confidence thing because he's just screwing them all up mm-hmm. at the minute. And he just doesn't he doesn't look like he was worth what was it how much was it? Was it sixty million? Fifty, sixty million? Yeah. I can't remember that off the top of my head now. And Havertz like a hundred million or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was seventy five, eighty, let's <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but what do you say? But let's let's move on. Let's let's start with Liverpool. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> two draws in a row to you got Big Sam, uh, <laughs> West Brom and Newcastle game, which was last night at the time of recording. So you've had yeah. some time to cool down a little bit. <laughs> uh, do you want to start with do you want to start with West Brom and talk us through what on earth happened there? Well, you know, Klopp in the past, he's been able to deal with Sarri Ball. This season, he dealt with Bielsa Ball, but he cannot manage Brexit Ball. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> West Brom, going into it, you know, well, actually, it's been three games since we last recorded, actually, funny enough. We won 7-0 at Crystal Palace, and that felt like a real kind of kickstart to our season, even though it never really went down. But after the Fulham draw, it felt a bit kind of, bit of a downer. But then bet Tottenham and bet Palace 7-0. So, you know, I was optimistic going into the game. Oh, and um, Should have been three or four up inside about 15, 20 minutes. Andy Robertson just pinging crosses into the box. Left. Well, not left, right, centre, just on the left. But you know what I mean? Um, but what can I say? Just Did you see a kickoff when West Brom just had something like nine players just like on the halfway line? Yeah. Charging forward. That was a weird one, wasn't it? And he, he tricked Klopp. He, you know, it looked like they were going to come out and play football. They did for about 10 minutes, and then they just resorted to everyone behind the ball, which is fair enough, you know. But they they created one chance the whole game organically, and it was just a long punt up the pitch. And um, John Matip went off injured, actually, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it was Reese Williams dealing with their striker's name. I can't remember. Grant or something like that? And uh, Colin um, Grant. That's the one. And their goal comes from Curtis Jones. He's he's on the ball. He has he, he was getting dispossessed a bit in the game. He has the sort of like I hate to use the word, but swagger <laughs> on the ball that he kind of he always had like coming up through the youth ranks and stuff. If you ever see footage of him playing for the youth team, always pretty good. But I think he was a bit too overconfident on the ball and he's just wayward pass. It's given them a corner and it's, you know, it's the spin the ball gets as it comes off the post and goes past Allison. It was, it wasn't great, was it? Um, you know, but yeah, Joe Matted injured, another defensive injury. Um, yeah, Sam Allardyce back in football. You happy to have him back? I think he creates something a little bit different because... Mm. Uh, this is something for a completely different podcast, but one thing that I really do hate, and it's another f- football cliche for us, which we're getting super into here, and we it's quote unquote, they didn't come to play football. <laughs> and they they did. 
they just played football in a very uncomfortable way. There was a thing last season when United and Liverpool drew and Klopp went on this rant about how United played. We played very defensive, everything like that. And Jose Mourinho was the pundit for that game. And I'm sure you remember what Jose said. But um, And Klopp went, goes on his rant. They asked Jose about what Klopp said about United not playing, not coming here to play. And Jose went, he's the sort of manager that turns up to a game wanting meat. And he got fish today. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, I don't remember that quote. <laughs> oh, he said he said that, and basically what he meant is that Klopp expects people to come at Liverpool. Yeah, but that's the way you lose to Liverpool. That is, you can't. You, you need a better team, man for man, if you're going to try and play high pressing, high energy football against this Liverpool, particularly last season's Liverpool side. Yeah, and West Brom, they just. They did what they had to do, and they took yeah. their they took their chance. West Brom, who are a side made up of championship players, at best, <laughs> yeah, some of yeah, some of them at at best. Apart from maybe like, apart from Ivanovic back in his day, a lot of these guys <laughs> and Jake Jake Livermore has played a lot of Premier League football, but yeah. the rest of them yeah. haven't. Kieran Gibbs obviously used to play for Arsenal, but yeah, you know, I think Sam Allardyce he clearly knows how to play against Liverpool, doesn't he? I think that's something like four. Seasons in a row, he's he's come to Anfield and got a draw. Well, he's the is... last manager to beat and he's, he is, yeah. at Anfield. Last, yeah, I know, in the Premier League, it was ages ago. Yeah. But, you know, I'm personally happy to see Sam Allardyce back. I kind of like him, do you know what I mean? He kind of, you know, there's a lot of teams who play um, kind of like this possession-based football. I'm thinking of like, you know, Brighton, Bournemouth used to do it, you know, Leeds, all this. I, I, there's something I kind of like and respect about a man who just... But they're everyone behind the ball and then just aerial bombardment from set pieces. You know what I mean? I kind of like that. And I think um, I, I think Sam Adams gets a bit of a tough time because he kind of looks a bit, you know, thick, I guess, uh, in more ways than one. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually think I actually think he's a kind of a good coach and I kind of I kind of respect him in a way. <laughs> he's he's a great coach and he's had an incredible career yeah. as well as a manager. And he was saying before he... Uh, about taking a job that he thought he was done um, in football and he'd kind of given up and then West Brom gave him a call. But I think he probably will keep West Brom up. I think it'll be by the skin of their teeth. Uh, January goes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and they're the difference maker. But Liverpool should have won the game. And let's get on to the next game. Last night's nil-nil <laughs> draw at St. James's Park, a game that Speaking. you 100% should have won. <laughs> yeah, again, it was... You know, Newcastle came out the blocks. What can I say? They came out for the first 10, 15 minutes. They were just having a couple of chances. Callum Wilson had a kind of a pop shot from the corner flag, it seemed, and it troubled Allison. But, you know, I think there's been a bit of an overreaction. I think people are saying, oh, you know, that was a rubbish. We were terrible. I don't think we were terrible. I think I think Carl Darlow makes two or three saves that are just ridiculous. I'm talking the one from Salah, where he, like like, gets, you know, you talk about fingertips tips of the fingertips, you know what I mean? And there was another one, it was a header from Firmino, and then there's another one that gets cleared off the line, and mm. and, you know, Newcastle didn't, I say they were creating loads of chances, they didn't really have a clear chance at goal, the closest they came was when Callum Wilson, God yeah. bless uh, Nathaniel Phillips, uh, just absolutely skins Nathaniel Phillips, <laughs> but uh, Fabinho gets back to, like, get the block in or whatever. I, I think it was more a case of just being unlucky, really. And 
Newcastle's well, Steve Bruce uh, becomes the first man to stop Liverpool scoring in a game this season, and he's the first man since we lost, uh, <clears throat> you know, lost to Man City at the Etihad. Can't remember the score. Game didn't matter. The league was over, Nathan. You know what I mean? It didn't matter at all. You were all still monstrously hungover. Oh, uh, I was even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is that one. You you were stupidly unlucky. You you should have won. I was kind of laughing all the way to full time a little bit, uh, which depends how understandable. Depends how tomorrow goes. Which by the time this goes up, we'll probably know the result. Yeah. Uh, but say, just to wrap it up, actually, we. This is a, this is nearly a weekly segment at this point. Klopp subs. Uh, That's exactly what I was about to bring up. Funny enough, brilliant. Good. I, I thought it was good to see Thiago back in the Newcastle. He just looks like a just a midfielder who can just you know pass the ball. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful sight. Kind of like Van Dyke when Van Dyke plays. He's very good at those like long diagonal balls, uh, just from like the heart of the pitch. You know what I mean? And I think. If if we can keep Thiago fit, um, on for a good season. But the bit that annoyed me, <laughs> Nathan, Jordan Shakiri coming on for about two minutes, deep into injury time as well. What's what? the point? Yeah, this is this is it's kind of beyond parody. Like originally, I would bring this up as kind of a way to just try and annoy you and other Liverpool fans <laughs> with Klopp asking for five subs every single day, but he only ever uses two. He also uses the them very late. Like yeah. I, I was about to, I was literally about to ask you, um, what does? Why did you sign Minamino? He didn't <laughs> Minamino, who didn't play a second across these two matches, and is probably the other. Like you got Rigi, and then you got him as kind of your forwards, but then Shakiri pops yeah. out of nowhere to take. Like, what has Minamino done to Klopp? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go into their personal lives now, but <laughs> no. But even in the West Brom game, we're one nil up for ages and ages and ages. The first sub he brings on is Alex Oxley Chamberlain with ten minutes to go. Well, he was warming them up with about ten minutes to go. The ball didn't go out of play for ages, and then they got the corner and they scored. And then he didn't make another sub until he was bringing on Divock Origi in the ninety-first minute. I and I don't know why after Origi's game against. Atalanta, where it just looked like he was so past it and so finished. It was ridiculous. Good to see Shakiri back. I really like Shakiri. I'm a big fan of Shakiri, but I'd, I'd rather see Minamino on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and we talk about this, like we talk about the subs he he made against Newcastle, like uh, when Aldon came on for Curtis Jones, uh, Thiago obviously uh, getting back, and he's a, just a phenomenal player, probably one of the best midfielders in in the world in 2020, although he's had a bit he, of a rough start at Liverpool. He was in the team, Nathan. He was in the team. <laughs> and that right. team was never wrong. <laughs> and then, yeah, Shakiri in the 90th plus two is yeah. according to, to this uh, wrap-up of where, when he came on. And what difference is he supposed to make? I know sometimes subs come on and then, like Lacazette for Arsenal against Brighton, he was only on the pitch for, I think, 22 seconds or something I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Shakiri's not going to do that, is he? Yeah, Shakiri <laughs> isn't a striker. He can't just like go into the middle of the pitch and just like score a goal. You know, he needs time to influence the game coming in from the right or whatever. You know, Thiago got, I think, was it 25 minutes or was it 15? It was something like that. Uh, 15. 15. And he had, and even that, even that's a bit late to be bringing on a first sub, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, see, you've already said Matip went off. Uh, oh, who was it? Matip in the West Brom game when he went off? Yep, that was uh, hilarious. Come stop laughing like yourself. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm getting my subs uh, the wrong way around. Yeah, the the he brought in Wijnaldum in the 68th against Newcastle, and Thiago in the 73rd. Ah, uh, okay. And then you just yeah, it does seem a little bit a little bit late when he wants to change the game. Uh, yeah, no. Tiago, although he did immediately influence the game because of his range of passing, he's a very different player to James Milner. Yeah. But strange. Yeah. Do you know what? I'll bring up one uh, little fact I know you're going to enjoy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mo Salah is only 21 goals away from being the highest scoring winger in Premier League history. He's only behind Ryan Giggs and he has played 496 less games. There you go. Ryan Giggs, old school, an old school winger. You're not going to, he he was never going to score a lot, Ryan Giggs. Giggs will tear you apart or something. <laughs> he will. Well, he we, will. well I'm thinking before we go into the Man United chat, will we break it up a bit? We'll go with my unique peak of the week. Oh, let's do it. It's the segment everyone's, I say everyone's going to win for, I've been winning for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about many other people. But, you know, we'll start off again with, start with the football, kick it off with the football one. Uh, a bit Christmassy themed, uh, two and three this week. So we'll get into it. Nathan, why do we have throw-ins in football? For a game that doesn't allow outfield players to use their hands, why are there throw-ins? And why aren't they like, you know, the line-out the line passes, whatever you call them, in futsal? Ooh, I think that's a good, I think that's a good question. I think it's one Hector Bellerin has been asking all season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why? I don't know why. It does seem a little bit outdated. I feel like it's, yeah, it's probably a little bit past past its usefulness. I'm sure there was a logical reason to begin with, but I like throw-ins. I think you can't beat a bit of long throw-ins, a bit of Rory Delap. That's it. Shucking in the ball. I think everyone just loves to watch it. It's a very old school thing. I think yeah. kick-ins, you would just, they would just morph into free kicks. Exactly. That is true. Like you'd have to marshal them and be like, it has to be rolled along the floor and everything like that. And that's, I don't want to see the ball go out of play. And then uh, we were just talking about it. So Tiago just send this scathing ball along to the other side of the pitch for Salah. Like I'd rather see yeah. like Ben White lob a ball into the area for Lewis Dunk <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> um, the second one. Um, <laughs> my two least favorite people at Christmas. Uh, the people who put the celebration wrappers back in the tub. I'm sure you can agree with me on that. Fuck those people. Those are just the worst, the worst of the worst. And the people who put antlers and red noses on their cars. How boring must these people be in real life? I'm glad you brought this up, to be honest, because I'm also someone that doesn't that doesn't appreciate this. I'm not a fan uh, of it. No, I'm not a fan of the antlers on the cars. I'm not a, even a fan of... Uh, people getting the football flags out when it's like a world cup or a euros and putting That's them yeah weird, isn't it don't like it i think it makes you look silly and like who was the first person who did it and why did that catch on like who went oh that's that's hilarious that is i don't i don't think anyone's ever said that no they've not those people are silly but the celebration rappers that is super annoying because nothing worse than opening a tin seeing the blinding light of these rappers yeah. and then realizing <laughs> All that's left is the fucking bounty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on. Um, Nathan, another question for you here. Does a Yorkshire pudding belong on a Christmas dinner? 
For me, yes. And Ooh. I think this is there's going to be two answers here. For, yes and no, this. probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit more technical than that for me. For me, I I am a vegetarian. Ooh. So there's no meat on my plate. So a Yorkshire pudding is a great filling uh, thing to have. It's also just a wonderful thing. Like I know all parts of the UK uh, and beyond have their own ideas of what is should be on a Christmas dinner or what should be on a roast dinner. I like Yorkshire puddings. It's nice yeah. and crispy, filled with a nice gravy. Yes. Cranberry sauce, beaut. I mean, the way I look at it is the roast dinner is the king of dinners and the Christmas dinner is the king of roast dinners. And I'd say Yorkshire pudding belongs in a roast dinner. But when it comes to Christmas, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a mixed one. People are always go to and fro on it. Can I never think get a it definitive changes. answer. Because for like for uh, for the people who eat meat, you end up with the pigs in blankets suddenly appear at Christmas time, yeah. and you, you don't really have turkey very often. Some people do like two meats and things like that, and you've got the Brussels sprouts all appear, which are another contentious one. But it de- it depends. It really, I think it depends on where you are in kind of the world as to what the answer to that. Cause some Americans, I was, I was watching. This has nothing to do with football. <laughs> Do you ever watch Hot Ones on YouTube? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah, so it's this show where uh, the guy whose name I can't remember now, but he's he's a wonderful presenter, and uh, he gets people to eat uh, chicken wings or whatever they want, oh, uh, yes. but with hiring levels of hot sauce, or ascending <sighs> is an actual word, ascending levels of hot sauce for each one, then you ask him a question. And you have Paul Rudd on, and Paul Rudd was talking about he grew up in England. So he would he would be back in America, like in Central America, having Yorkshire puddings with his Sunday dinner, and no one know, no one else knowing what the fuck they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's class. I'm a huge fan of the Yorkshire pudding. Very underrated, in my opinion. Um, and the final one, uh, just something that um, went on in my life. Uh, I got my first haircut this since probably about February. That wasn't done by a family member. Um, oh. I was wandering around town. And you see, I had I I had had the same hairdresser for about six, seven years, uh, but she she had to retire in the end. Uh, I won't go into the reason. And um, get her get her ACL. Uh, <laughs> She's never the same after that. Oh, poor Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was wandering around town, and I noticed why are all the barbers suddenly Turkish? <laughs> I have no idea where this came from. Well, if you go to a Turkish bar, but that's the thing where they do like the hot towel and they light that bit of the thing on fire to like burn away your ear hair or something like that, don't they? Are you sure this is a hairdresser now? You're not mixing this up with something else. No, no, this is this is a this is this the barbers. Is, yeah, yeah, Turkish barbers where they do all that weird different stuff. So I think it's just a style of barbers. It's, I mean, the Turkish, I suppose, do have good hair. I think of. Yeah, the first person that came to mind was Emre Chan, who's actually German, <laughs> but he's of Turkish descent. Yeah. Always had a good head of hair and always had a decent beard on him. So, Must you know, maybe there's something to it. Uh, Arda Turan. He did. When he, yeah. when he wasn't running into nightclubs with guns. Had a nice bit of hair. <laughs> My second favourite pastime as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I feel like it must just be a national thing. And do you think... So does that mean if you went to Turkey... It's just filled with English barbers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I might. 
it's just for the cigarette smoke. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Well, Nathan, will we will we move on to your club, Manchester United? Yeah, let's move on. To, yeah, let's move on to United before before uh, I've got a question for you to come up after this. Ooh. But United last time uh, we recorded, I think we had just beaten Leeds six two which was a fabulous uh, result for us, played very well, easily battered Bielsa Ball. <laughs> and uh, since then, a 2-0 win over Everton in the EFL Cup. Surprising that was, because I yes. did not think we would have such an easy time with that, although we scored fairly late in the match. Yeah. Uh, we very they really didn't give them a look in. <sighs> uh, good performance. So that made me very confident for the Leicester game. Oh. Uh, went into... 2-2 draw away at Leicester. On paper, not bad. But when you actually look at the match, when we went 2-1 up, I kind of thought that was it. Yeah, as soon as he equalised, I thought it had a United win all over it. Yeah, but then Jamie Vardy. You can't deny the quality of Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and we just couldn't. So a 2-2 draw, which I'll take, because then everyone else drew. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then we get to the Wolves match. This was... Boring. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. It wasn't a great game. It, the Wolves were right up for it, it felt like, but we were just passing it around looking a little bit lost for a while. I was but texting I, you throughout. I kept telling you, it's going to come. It's Manchester United. And I've actually got a theory that they have never not won a game in injury time. I think you're right. So do I. Yeah, so, uh, but at a clutch, uh, there he is, the hero of the nation, Marcus Rashford, right there at the end. <laughs> To, uh, to get us all three points. We are uh, three points behind Liverpool right now with a game in hand. We play mm. Villa tomorrow at time of recording. Villa, who batted you 7-2. Okay, so I'm okay. confident and fearful. We've actually got them coming up in the <laughs> FA Cup as well. It's at Villa Park. I'm dreading it. <laughs> Didn't they knock you out the FA Cup last year as well? Um, that League Cup? Was the, the one the where you, Cup. you were playing yeah. your under-12s. Neil yeah. Critchley was the coach, yeah. He's a Blackpool now, actually. I think he still is. See the man. Anyways, uh, yeah, he was. Oh, we played for him. preseason. Yeah, big up, Neil. Yeah, hope you're doing well. I've got no idea how you're doing, but big up yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're playing very well. Uh, all the questions about why Donny Van de Beek isn't playing have kind of gone away because we've been winning matches. <laughs> He's still not playing. But... Only that. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure what. I can only presume he's not training well because everyone's playing well. So, which is weird yeah. for United. Like Scott McTominay uh, <laughs> has just been on fire lately, although he took, got a little bit of a knock. Eric Bailly has suddenly been a revelation at centre half because Lindelof's gone down injured. Bailly's come back in. He's played three matches in a row for the first time since 2018. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, the guy gets injured a lot. So, we're hoping to use him up uh, before he gets injured again. But by that time, let's. Lindelof should be back. Well, actually, Nathan, speaking of he's injured again, guess who's injured again? <laughs> it's Eric Bay. It's only Naby Keita. <laughs> no. You he's joking? injured again. Yeah, no. Oh no I, I wish it was. God, what is wrong with that guy? What is he made of? I don't know. I, like, I, we'll move. We'll, we'll he's go made of rice paper, the poor guy. My goodness. But, I don't yeah, know what that is, but it doesn't sound strong. No, it's not strong. It's paper no. made of rice. There so. you go. Uh, we're playing... Just really well at the minute. We've got our next games. I think we've got Villa. We then might have Man City in the League Cup. Who the fuck knows? 
and uh, we then got Watford in the FA Cup. So, uh, and then, then it's the big one, and we're gonna we we're gonna plan something good for this because it is at Anfield, uh, and it is Liverpool United coming up in four uh, games time, the seventeenth of January. I never look forward to this game. Four never. hours after we play Burnley. But what? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, I think we got Burnley like a few days before, like oh, the 14th oh. or something in a minute. Oh, just, uh, please, just Bruno Fernandes, just pick up. You know, we don't want any injuries, but if, so if he can get go. a knock and miss the game. But live United news. You just said Kite, Kite has got injured. I've got some live United news for you. That'd be by you. It took them... It took them about seven years that the FA have banned Cavani for three matches. Oh, wow. It's for saying, the... Yeah, for saying thank you to a friend. Apparently, you're not allowed friends. Yeah. So no. I've been fined a hundred grand. And this, this is the kicker for me. Bear in mind, at time of recording, uh, Manchester went into tier four of COVID restrictions yesterday, meaning everyone has to stay at home and everything. So the FA have said that Edison Cavani has to complete face-to-face education. Mm. Seems like it's going to be tough. <laughs> yeah. Cowards. A hundred grand fine in three games. The for thing saying is, thanks to a friend. The thing is, a very similar thing happened about, must be over a year ago at this stage, Bernardo Silva and Benjamin Mendy. And didn't he only get like a one-game ban? Yeah, the FA don't know what they're, they react. They, the thing with the FA is they just react. They never try and like stop things from happening. They just wait for things to happen and then judge everything equally. Well, like, yeah. Cavani's, Cavani, apparently he wrote a letter to the FA saying that he wasn't going to contest their charge and he apologised and explained again his position, which was that he didn't know what that, what that translated to in, in England. Yeah. Um, and that he was just saying thanks to a to an actual to a genuine friend. Yeah. And they went, well, give us a hundred grand. That's mental, isn't it? Like a hundred yeah. grand is a lot of money. Like I know in football terms, when I think a hundred grand for a millionaire football, it doesn't sound like a lot. But did you know what I'm going to say to you now, Dara? Hit me with it. <laughs> I really think this Man City game needs to happen <laughs> because if it doesn't, Cavani isn't playing against Liverpool. <laughs> Oh, are you serious? Oh, really? I mean, your, oh, your four, four games time. Terrible. Oh, so we need that Man City game do. to happen now. So, Pep, you're under. <laughs> like, I, I understand that, isn't it? Under 11s in England don't need to wear a mask and don't need to worry about it. You've got an under 11 squad. <laughs> Just get them out there. Just get them out there. I don't oh. even care if you win. <laughs> but we're, oh. not, we're not going to beat. I, I want to see Edison Cavani, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, and uh, and Mason Greenwood running at Nathaniel Phillips. Yeah, oh, God bless Nathaniel Phillips. And Fabinho. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, see, I kind of I like Nathaniel Phillips. I feel kind of bad because he's, what, he's like our fifth-choice centre-back who is now basically being forced to start in just some of the biggest games of our season, which was just never meant to happen. Do you know what I mean? Even like, I'd say, well, Fabinho now, obviously, but even before Fabinho became, you know, the best centre-back in the league, uh, <laughs> even before that, I think Klopp would have 
started Fabinho at centre-back before he started Nathaniel Phillips. So, you know, I don't want to say anything too bad about him because I know he's probably not of the level of, like, Premier League champions. But, you know, good luck to him. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Because yeah. when you got that front line running at you, you know, I'm scared. I think that changes things for tomorrow against the Villa game because that presumably means that uh, Anthony Martial is going to be playing through the middle with Rashford out wide and you'd think Greenwood, unless he's going to go back to the tactic uh, of playing James at the right. I know we've got that new kid coming. Uh, he's got his passport and everything now for the UK. That Ahmad Diallo or whatever, who everyone yep. has high hopes for. And he's oh. apparently going straight into the first team. Class player. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched every one of his games. and uh, yeah. But I, I'm confident for, for United's season, but... Dara, are you confident in your memory? Um, well, it depends what that's on. If it's, you know, schoolwork, probably not. But if it's really irrelevant football trivia, I yeah. think I've got a shot. It is. It's not irrelevant to you. What I'm about to do, ladies and gentlemen, is a, it's a new little segment, a new little quiz where I'm just taking Liverpool lineups because we all know Dara remembers almost everything in Liverpool's history. Oh, uh, so right. I'm just going to read some lineups from games i'm obviously going to give the date and what the game is and where it was played and what competition but i'm going to miss out two players from the starting 11 all you need to do is tell me Um, who they were right okay so we're going all the way back to wednesday 22nd of october 2014 okay october 2014 champions league group b action at anfield liverpool faced real madrid Oh, <laughs> remember her well, yeah. Under Brendan Rodgers, and mm. here is the Liverpool lineup with two players missing. God, okay. Mignolet in goal. A back four of Johnson, Skirtle, Blank, and Moreno. So okay. I'm, you're missing one of your centre halves there. Henderson, Gerrard. And someone else played in midfield. And your okay. front three was Sterling, Balotelli, and Coutinho. So who partnered Skirtle at centre-half and who joined Henderson and Gerrard in midfield? Okay, I've got a... Ooh, I've actually got a couple of options for the midfield one. Okay, for the centre-back, I'm thinking... Oh, it could be three, actually, now that I think about it. Um, I'll give you the three that are in my head, and then I'll, I'll narrow it down. It's either going to be Torre, Lovren, or Sacco. And I'm trying to think. See, that was just after we'd signed Lovren. And I I still think Rodgers would have been persistent with him at that point. So I'm going to go Dejan Lovren for centre-back. You're correct. Okay. Now, the midfield. See, one, we were terrible that game. We were 3-0 down at halftime. And... My only memory of it was Coutinho hits a shot where he hits the post. But I can't remember if he's come off the bench in that game or not. Um, oh, well, you know Coutinho, Coutinho was, in your, was in your front three. I've already said that. So Coutinho oh, was on the pitch from the start. Yeah, your front three was Sterling, oh. Balotelli and Coutinho. Oh, right. Okay, well, that's, okay. well, that's put it down to two for me. So... Uh, Thanks for clearing that up, because I was about to say Coutinho. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do you like that, don't I? <laughs> okay, so it's between, for me, it's either going to... Oh, it could be... It could be 
three actually. Okay, so it's between Joe Allen, Lucas Leiva, and Emery Chan. Is it one of them three? It is one of those three. Okay, right. I'm one of them. To... One of them started, and one of those three came off the bench. God. Okay. Well, and one of them didn't play. Right. Okay. Well, Jared was in his sort of DM role around that time, so I I don't think he would have played Jared and Lucas. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's not Lucas who started. I I don't think he would have started Joe Allen against against Real Madrid. I'm gonna go with Emery Chan. So close. Lucas oh. Leiva didn't play. Emre Chan came off the bench in the 67th minute for Jordan Henderson. And oh. Joe Allen played all 90 minutes. Good Lord. Oh, that was, see, that was before he grew the beard and actually became a good footballer. <laughs> it's weird. He went from, like, babyface to just, like, just Frodo overnight. Did you ever see he did, um, he had, like, a sponsorship. You know how, like, most, <laughs> most footballers have, you know, like, Nike Adidas. You know, something like that. He was sponsored by, like, some chicken some chicken <laughs> I swear to God, I look think up, I did see that <laughs> look up Joe Allen chicken <laughs> just oh, just oh, comes up oh, we'll do. but yeah Liverpool nil Real Madrid free Cristiano Ronaldo in the 23rd Benzema on the 30th and the 41st yeah. you look at the stats of that game and it's not so bad on paper I feel like it was worse in actuality because 12 shots for Liverpool to 14 for Real Madrid. Only two on target for Liverpool, though, whereas there's seven on target for Madrid. It um, was, yeah, I'll just quickly, from what I remember, it was first half dominated by Real Madrid. Second half, we just parked the bus and just, just stuck with the 3-0. The most famous, the most famous part of this match is this is the match where Balotelli swapped shirts with Pepe at halftime and then Balotelli got subbed immediately at, at halftime. God. And who who would come on? You would think Balotelli, number nine, right? Go yeah. on. Yeah, he's playing playing as a as a striker. He's up there. Uh, so what other logical choice than to bring on Adam Lallana? Oh yeah, you know <laughs> was Ster- so Sterling presumably uh, went to the middle. Yeah, point, Sterling was our striker that season. Ricky Lambert was your number nine in the squad. Yeah. Making yeah. the pitch. I remember Nathan. You don't remind me. <laughs> Your bench is horrific. There's there's always that famous uh, thing that goes around, isn't it? It's like Barini, Balotelli and Lambert. And it's like the stats. But they were our only three fit strikers that season. Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling was our main striker. who was like a 20-year-old kid at the time. So that tells you all you need to know about us in 2014. So you had Jones as your backup goalkeeper on the bench. I think Brad Jones. Ugh, Brad is first yeah, Brad, yeah, Brad Jones. Colo Torre. Uh, not yeah. bad, but probably a bit past it at that point. Ricky Lambert, Mc, uh, I could never say his name, Mikilo, Mikilio, <laughs> Mankio, Mankio. Sorry, Adam Lalana, <laughs> Emre Chan, and Lazar Markovic. Oh, the twenty million pound man! <laughs> Just imagine, yeah. So, but, not not the finest hour for Liverpool, but I thought I'd start it off on a high with this new segment. So uh, yeah. I was I was going to go for the game. At the Bernabeu, where Gerard didn't start. Yeah, I felt like you would have known that one. I, I, I just remember the bench was really good <laughs> for that game. That's the only thing I remember. It decided to rest him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I was just looking at the results that also happened that night in the Champions League. There's nothing interesting though, apart from Olympiacos beat Juventus. That's a very weird one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a random one. 
I feel like there's yeah. a Juventus fan who's furious at me right now. Uh. <laughs> uh, Dara, we've had a question. Oh. We've had a question from our Lord and Saviour, uh, Ditz. Uh, who, our biggest uh, fan. Yeah, our, our biggest fan. He wants to know who we think will win the Premier League and what all the European spots will be. So I'm presuming that's one to six. Oh, one to six. Okay. Yeah, because okay, that's, okay. that's all the Europe. I know we get another Europa League spot, but it goes to like whoever is brings the best cakes <laughs> to the end of season party or something like that. But, uh, so yeah, one one to six. Uh, I'm just throwing it at you randomly. Do you want to go first or do you want me to will go we, first? Will we both say, so we'll go number one. We'll we'll say who we think it'll be and we'll try and give like a quick. So I'm I'm just going to straight away Liverpool. I'm going to agree. Yeah, okay, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will be uh, more consistent than we will be. I, I think it depends Maybe. on injuries. That's what I think it all falls on. Because if Thiago stays fit and Van Dijk's back in training, not back in training, I keep saying that, he's back in the gym, back in rehab. That's he was I'm cycling saying. the other day, I saw on Instagram. I know, which is ridiculous because he was meant to be, he was taken out of the Premier League team. Mm. Um, for the season, but I'm pretty sure that gets like re-updated in January for if you make trans uh, transfers. So if Van Dijk comes back, say end of March, early April, and we have like a bit of a push towards the end, keep Thiago fit. Uh, Kate is pretty much a write-off, but yeah. you know if if we can just get like some consistency at centre back as well, I think that'll definitely help us going forward. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just think with with United's title challenge, uh, we need to have quite a big January, because I still think whereas Liverpool have kind of a more consistent squad, we have a great starting eleven and kind of two or three good subs that we can bring on. Yeah, I, I know uh, you can say this about the rest team. of the squad is kind of quite like uh, weak in places, either either in experience. So I think it depends how this kid who's coming in gets on. Because apparently he's going straight to the first team, and then right. apparently we're going to have. So the rumour mill is we're going to look to be fairly busy in this January. Whether that's selling players like, I say selling, (laughs) giving away players like it's Food Bank, Phil Jones and Marcus Rojo uh, and something like that. But supposedly there's some money there for Oli to kind of push on. So who knows? Really, this Anfield game is kind of telling of is this United title challenge an actual challenge or are we just the most consistent of the rest? It's a very good point here. Yeah. Are you going to say Manchester United to finish second? I am. I'm going to back us. You I are. This, it, this run seems it's quite strange. Like it's kind of come a little bit out of nowhere. It's obviously a massive part of that is Bruno Fernandes who is probably genuinely one of the best midfielders in the world right now. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah, his goal involvement is, I think it's like 32 in 29 games. It's something like 1.1, 1.2 yes. since he's joined the club. Would you, like to, would you like to know a little random fact about Bruno Fernandes, and, which also tells you how long fans haven't been at games for? Uh, go ahead, why not? He has only played in front of fans at Old Trafford four times since he joined. That's very weird, isn't it? That's how long it's been <laughs> yeah because he joined us uh, i think in the tw- one of the love last days of the yeah. january after, window it's after you played us i remember yeah and whew, it's 
been going on for a while now. But yeah, I'm going to go United second. What, yeah. what about you? I'm going to, um, and not just because it's United. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still going to say Man City because I just think there's just I can't see a world in which Pep doesn't turn it around. If that makes sense, to just get they've only lost I think two games all season, and if he starts turning those draws into wins, I think the the squad is just. You know, I think I pretty much every week I come on and slate the squad for not being good enough, but I still think, I still think they're good enough to come second. I think what will hold United back is they're in the semi-finals of the EFL Cup. They have the Europa League to contend with, which you could say they might just you know play the kids in. But I think I think Oli will take it a bit seriously. They've got the FA Cup to come. If if United were to I don't know somehow get knocked out of like all those competitions very early on, then I'd say you're a shoo-in for a second. But I think the fixture congestion is going to pile up on you. Yeah. When we talk about Man City and people say how far behind they are, and it is kind of when you don't look at anything other than the squad, the team next to the league position, you say eight for Man City. They've played 14 games. If they, let's say they win both of those, that puts them on 32 points, one behind Liverpool. And um, that'll put them, uh, same let's say United, we win tomorrow at time of recording, uh, that'll put them one behind us as well. So, yeah. like, they're not they're not actually far away. They've only conceded 12 goals, which is comfortably uh, less. There's only a few teams that have conceded less than 20. Like, Aston Villa have only conceded 14 goals as That's well, which ridiculous. is mad. Yeah. So, City aren't as far away. They just They just haven't played. I think is really yeah. what, what's happened at, at the minute. Although they are incredibly lethargic yeah. at the minute. They're not very awake. Yeah. Well, then, obviously, then after City second, I'm putting United third. Based on what I've already given you my argument for that, yeah. yeah you I'm go just, for City. Yeah, I'm going to go for City in, in third. I just, I, uh, we're better. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester is red. You heard it here. <laughs> now, this is the fun one. It's it's four. So, I'm, uh, I'm clutching at straws a little bit here. I'm <laughs> either thinking of going for a risky fourth or trying to just play it safe by going for one of the bigger clubs. But Arsenal. <laughs> no, I'm not playing Arsenal. I'm gonna because of who's in charge and who they've got up front. I'm going to Spurs. Yeah, Spurs yeah. was would have been my choice as well. Again, you can say this with any team. But if if they can keep, you know, Kane and Son fit, the goals they've got this season, I I can't see how they couldn't finish in the top four. Do you know what I mean? Jose Mourinho as well. I think. Just yeah. Let me, <laughs> Just let me fourth. let me make a prediction. Final day of the season. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everyone will be playing on the final day of the season. It's not going to be a mismatch of because there's so many games left to play. Chelsea are fourth. They need to win. They draw, and Spurs then leapfrog Chelsea. I can't and like Chelsea that. finish fifth. I'm more than happy with that. Chelsea are just a team who are just growing up, just seem to win everything and always beat us. So, yeah, I'm a bit better. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, not, I'm also going to put I'm going to put Chelsea fifth. Yeah, it's a tough one. That I see. I don't think. I think Aston Villa are a very good team, but. I, th- I think it could be it could be form as opposed to class. Do you know what I mean? And I don't I, I, I don't, don't think they have the much. squad. 
I yeah, think I when you when you go past Watkins, who Watkins I absolutely love. I think Ollie Watkins is a fabulous Premier League striker, and he's come in and he's shown his class completely. Like uh, Grealish is obviously wonderful. Ross Barkley's looking good. Josh McGinn is good. Matty Cash at right back has been a bit of a revelation for them as well. But past those lot, if they get injuries, I know we keep saying that, then they're they're looking back to the squad that they had last season. Yeah, I know. And again, I say this, even though I'm pretty sure if Everton win their game in hand, I think they've won more games than Liverpool this season, which again, is just a mental thing to think about. But, you know, very similar to what Alex Ferguson used to always say, lads, it's Everton. Mm. As opposed to lads, it's Tottenham. Do you know what I mean? They've just, they've had so many false dawns in the past, haven't they? They got yeah. this billionaire owner. What have they done with us? They've spent 30 million on Yannick Balassi. Where is he now? Do you know what I mean? That was actually a serious question. If anyone knows where Yannick Balassi is, <laughs> please tweet. <laughs> I've had Project the posters, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to put Everton six, though, because they do have a great squad, although a lot of their best players are, are injured in a minute. And they've still been winning, which usually an Everton side wouldn't do. And I think that comes down to who they've got managing and coaching them in Ancelotti, who is yeah. a winner. And uh, although I was incredibly surprised at how easily we pushed them around in the League Cup, uh, yeah. I still think I think their win over Sheffield United kind of showed they do have some grit and they do have a little bit of depth yeah. as well, which they didn't really look like they've got. But Decore, I think is proving to be the most vital player they've got in that squad. Like, Allen hasn't really been fit. Hamas Rodriguez is wonderful, but hasn't really been fit. Decore and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. That's been class, yeah. Richarlison, obviously a big player for them as well. I think Carlo Ancelotti at Everton, if he can't do it at Everton, then I don't think anyone is ever going to do it at Everton. So I think, I think in a way you're right with Chelsea 5th, Everton 6th. But I think with Villa's players... If they can keep this form up, I'm going to go Chelsea 5th, Aston Villa 6th, Everton 7th. I think it depends what happens tomorrow because they have Villa have played so well and they don't concede a lot of goals. But but we've been scoring a lot of goals lately as well. I know we're behind you uh, in the goals scored. We're 6 behind you. Otherwise, we're joint 2nd with Chelsea on goals scored. So it's, it's going to come down to... To them just keeping, Villa just need to keep keep on the roll. Kind of like how Leicester did when they won the title. Just don't look back. Just keep going forwards. I heard you say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Villa got sick, but I think Everton, they just have a little bit more in that squad. Oh, definitely, yeah. With Caroline Chalafi as well. That's definitely a big plus for them. Oh, so there you go. Question asked and answered. And if you have any questions, uh, or if you know where Yannick Balassi is, as I said again, it's <laughs> at Project Dits. Uh, come come over to our Discord. That's where we got asked that question. If you do use Discord, it's it's very easy to use. It's free to use, and there's loads of listeners. And um, and you're not in there, but I'm in there. Uh, <laughs> you can you can chat to me. I might reply. Might not. I'll be honest. I don't even know what Discord is. <laughs> I need to. It's I need to get on top of that. Some of that technology in it. I'm I'm getting old. I'm in my twenties now. <laughs> Well, let's let's ride off into the sunset in well, a second. I need to, we got some answers. You you I asked us some, some silly questions. They were genius. <laughs> this this feature has got legs. <laughs> so I'll run through these very quickly. Um, very very quickly. Um, 
So the first one, remember Liverpool edition, that Beal fell off his tenders, sure as fast, initials I or Nathan, any ideas? Oh, I, just got, I just got no idea to be honest with you. Is it Shakiri? Uh, initials I or, so no, it's definitely not. It's it's Ian Rush. That <laughs> Beal fell off his tenders, that's Ian, Ian Beal, sure as fast, <laughs> Rush. Okay. Um, number two, <laughs> Nick the end of that woman's foot. I'm not a fan of that. Or F. Any clue? Is it Robbie Fowler? No, it's not. I I think I know where you're getting at with Robbie, as in Nick the end of that woman's foot. Um, just imagine that as a sentence out of context. Actually, what I've just said. Um, it's it's Roberto Firmino. So Nick the end of that woman's foot. Rob her toe. I'm not a fan of that. For me, no. Oh, I now understand what you're on about. There we go. <laughs> I didn't even really get it, but here we go. The last one. This is genius. Um, that Cole fella who was an attacking midfielder for Chelsea in the mid to late two thousands. Uh, that obviously being Joe Cole. Joe. This Sunday he must be at church. Joe, go to mass. Joe Gomez. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> um, those are just some of the, you know, award-winning. Segment <laughs> when I say award winning, I mean purely in the future. Nothing, nothing yet. Um, all the awards. We will. Uh, I'll check those complaints in my Discord afterwards. But Nathan, well, I'll wrap it up with your homework for the week. Okay, let's let's, let's hear it. I'm ready for this one. Review question for this week: Only three players in English football league history have been part of back to back league winning title squads with different clubs. First one is Eric Cantona with Leeds, 91-92, and then Man United, 92-93. Second, N'Golo Kante with Leicester, 2015-16, and Chelsea, 16-17. Who is the third? Oh, I think I know, but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but I'm going to leave that for everyone else. So, oh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, but so uh, thank you very much for listening guys let us know if you know the answer to that if you want to have some guesses come over to discord as you say just go to at project dits it's d-i-t-s uh, on twitter you can find me at nathan greenaway if you want to speak to me uh, as well if you want to listen to me talking about uh, other things other than football movies tvs or we did we did our 2020 award ceremony over at rogue opinions uh, that should be up at the same time as this is at rogue underscore opinion on twitter uh but dara where could people find you have you got anything going on um nothing going on lockdown nathan you should know that um but obviously <laughs> uh if you want to find me twitter gibbons underscore dara and i'd just like to say from me and i imagine everyone at project it's happy new year to everyone yeah, 2021 new- leaving 2020 behind where it we belongs <laughs> oh well thank you guys enjoy the football coming up and we'll be back to talk about it next week bye now good luck